do their essential job, uh, and uh, pressure also on academics in some areas that the, that uh, Hong Kong's reputation as a global financial hub is at risk. We've communicated that to the Hong Kong government. We've expressed our concerns, and uh, you know we're hoping that uh, that some of these trends uh, can can be halted and reversed. But we'll continue to watch that with concern, and I don't think. Uh, people should take anything for granted uh, about about Hong Kong's role in the in the future, in spite of Hong Kong's many many fundamental underlying strengths as mm -hmm. a, as a place to do business. Are Canadian businesses still optimistic about the future of Hong Kong, and, and what sort of opportunities are there for Canadian businesses here? I would say they are. Yes, they are optimistic. Uh, you know, uh, Canadian uh, financial institutions are very active. <clears throat> excuse me, very active here in Hong Kong. And they, like others, are very optimistic about the potential in areas like uh, asset management, <clears throat> excuse me, asset management, uh, private wealth uh, management. And some of them are, are actively hiring at the moment. So uh, there is potential. And, and in Hong Kong's role as a, as a financial intermediary with very deep capital pools uh, for investment uh, going from China out into the world and from the world uh, into China and also, and also across Asia, uh, I would say particularly in financial services, our, our firms are, are optimistic that there are opportunities, and we see this also in the tech sector, particularly in areas like clean technologies and technologies associated with a transition to uh, cleaner energy uh, systems and energy management. Well, Mr. Van Nankivel, thank you very much indeed for joining us on Money Talk this morning, and I wish you good wishes and, and every success in your next venture. That's the Consul General of Canada in Hong Kong and Macau, Jeff Nankivo. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Final look at the markets this morning. In Australia, the SX200 is off about half a percent. The Nikkei 225 in Japan is down one and a quarter percent. Uh, looks like the Hang Seng is going to be off more than one percent at the open this morning. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Back chats coming up in a few moments with Hugh Chiverton and Nixie Lamb. The weather forecast for today, sunny periods, few isolated showers. This is going to be hot again. Maximum temperature around 32 degrees in the urban areas. And it's going to remain hot for the rest of this week. There will still be a few isolated showers tomorrow. It's 29 degrees, 80% relative humidity. Coming up to 8.33, here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. The bar industry wants the government to remove a requirement for customers and staff to be vaccinated against the coronavirus, saying it's hurting business. Kat Ho, the chairwoman of the Bartenders and Mixologists Union, says since bars were allowed to reopen two weeks ago, they've only seen about 10 to 20 percent of customers return. She said bars wanted to follow the same regulations as restaurants, but open and close at later times so they wouldn't have to compete for customers. We don't mind to open later and then close later then actually it's good for the ease the pandemic as well since you swap people in different time slots, they won't go home altogether. And also it's fit our business model as well. So yes, we do suggest the government that we don't want to open less hours but in a better time for us.
Restaurants can serve unvaccinated people but will have limits imposed on their opening times and the number of persons at a table. Israel's President Reuven Rivlin has appealed for Jews and Arab Israelis to avoid descending into what he called a senseless civil war. His voice was added to those of religious and political leaders calling for internal calm as the two communities react to the intense fighting between Israeli forces and Palestinian militants in Gaza. The BBC's Tom Bateman has been to Lod, where a state of emergency has been declared. This is the place where a synagogue had been attacked um, by Arab Israelis earlier in the last couple of days. And then we saw tonight Jewish extremists, for example, checking cars to see if it was an Arab or a Jew inside. Really worrying moments. A car overturned. Things were on fire. And Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said that he's now considering sending in army troops to those areas where those confrontations are taking place. It certainly feels like in these parts of Israel things are out of control at the moment. President Biden says the approval of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine for children in the United States is a giant step in the fight against the COVID pandemic. He urged parents to make sure their children get the shot. Earlier in the day, the jab was approved for children over 12. There have been further falls on United States stock markets in the wake of the Labor Department's April Consumer Prices Report, which showed the biggest rise in nearly 12 years. All three major stock indexes fell. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. New official inflation figures show that prices in the U.S. economy were 4.2% higher in April than a year earlier. That was markedly above the previous month and was a sharper increase than financial market investors expected. Their concern is that the U.S. Federal Reserve may respond by curbing its purchases of financial assets, quantitative easing, that it resumed to contain the economic impact of the pandemic. Such action would tend to make shares less attractive. So far, the Fed appears to be in no hurry to take such steps, as it has suggested higher inflation is likely to be a transitory feature of the post-pandemic recovery. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Bank Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton and your co-host today is Nixie Lamb. Nixie, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about elections and about overseas trained doctors. The next LegCo elections in Hong Kong are set to be held on December the 19th. There are massive changes to the process this year at every level from multi-stage screening of candidates to redrawing constituency boundaries, reorganising functional constituencies and a whole new category of legislators coming from a new five-sector election committee. As it speeds through LegCo and is promoted by the chief executive in her own TV show. What have we learnt about how it will work and its aim? In what way is it an improvement, as claimed by the administration? Why is it so very complicated? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page. That's Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk. Or you can call us, and our number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266. After 9.15, we're going to be discussing overseas trained doctors practising uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, the Executive Council has endorsed a plan to attract some 200 of them to our practice here. What do you think about the proposal? Is it a solution to the shortage of doctors in the city? Tommy Chung, Executive Council, will be joining us for that once again. Uh, we want to hear from you. Our email is backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, let's just throw in a couple of uh, emails to start off with uh, on today's topic. Uh, Mary says, Dear Backchat, as far at least... 50% of the electorate are concerned there will be no LegCo election going forward as the system is so rigged there will not be a single candidate we would consider voting for in the running. That's from Mary. 
Alan says, back chat, how will it work? What is its aim? Another is the Pope Catholic question. Its aim is to predetermine the results, to allow the CCP to pre-select all candidates. Secondary aim is to present a facade of democracy, thus the complications. It's a bad joke. Not one person on either side actually believes that it is anything other than the CCP securing exclusive power. It's bad enough what they're doing, but the hypocrisy and insistence that it has any resemblance to a popular vote or mandate is infuriating. I just stew and write snarky comments, but there will be a real-world price to pay. Democracy is not a game. It's a way to channel opposing views so society can respond rationally and non-violently. Without that, there will be nihilism, crime, as government corruption inevitably grows under the protection of the CCP. That's from uh, Alan. Uh, our email is backchat at rthk.hk. Joining us for the discussion this morning, we have uh, Clement Wukin Mann, who's a member of the Taipo South Area Committee, a former member of uh, Taipo District Council, uh, Emily Lau, former Democratic Party uh, chairman and lawmaker, and uh, John Burns, Emeritus Professor and Honorary Professor in the Department of Politics and Public Administration at the University of Hong Kong. Good morning to all of you. Uh, morning. Uh, Mr Wu, maybe we'll start with you. You're, you're closest to hand. Thanks for joining us um, this morning. What, what about that question of the, of the complexity? It is, it is, and I spent, as I was just saying to you, <laughs> I spent a lot of time yesterday trying to get to the bottom of every aspect of the election. It is very complicated, I've got to say. Uh, and it gets, seems to get more complicated the more you go into it. Why does it have to be so complicated? Uh, well, I... I, I don't think we, we, we should look at uh, how complicated it is. I, I think that the, the main issue um, is to rectify um, how Hong Kong is governed. And uh, we, we, I, I don't think we have to uh, repeat everything again, uh, you know, um, what happened in 2019. And uh, to me, that is um, the main reason why uh, the electoral system um, has to be improved. Um, I don't think we need to... Um, uh, repeat everything again, but I I think that uh, in Beijing's eye and and to many people, including myself, I think the the improvement is necessary, and um, it is not just a matter of to me, uh, it's not just a matter of um, how how much democracy we are going to or Hong Kong people are going to enjoy, but um, we would like to have um, a stable society <coughs> and a personal safety. And uh, to Beijing, national security. I think I I think the kind of uh, mentality um, determines uh, how the uh, electoral system um, is has been um, changing. But but it, it, is it just that choice? Is it the old way or this way? Couldn't there be a better solution? Couldn't there be a good way and a bad way? Even if you want to change it. Um, to me, it is not the perfect way. But I think that under the situation, it is the it is it is a, a good option. And uh, to Beijing, it is an, an, it is a, the necessary step to rectify um, um, how Hong Kong is governed. I think I think um, to Beijing, you know, Hong Kong has been returned to China for uh, 23, 24 years, and then uh, okay, our electoral system, our our, our democracy has been developing uh, over the last 23, 24 years, and then um, to many people, including myself, and certainly in the eyes of Beijing, it is not working well, and uh, in the past. Um, you know, we have been trying to uh, accommodate him and um, trying to be more democratic. And then, especially in 2014, if you remember, um, Beijing actually proposed um, that, um, you know, a way to, uh, to universal suffrage, you know, to, to select a chief executive. Um, however, it was not accepted for one reason or another. And then um, up to 2019, um, the extradition bill issue the, the riots, 
And um, so um, in Beijing's eyes, you know, it's not just a matter of how, 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 how much democracy we are going to give Hong Kong. They are going to give Hong Kong, but they see... Um, the Union Jack, the you know, Stars and Stripes flag, and mm. the Dragon, and you know, you uh, know those yeah, kind of things. Sure. So, um, I'm just kind of interested in the mechanism and talking a little bit in more detail because we right. have kind of talked about the sort of whys and wherefores, but the the, the detail of the of the uh, of the plans now that it is being considered by the Legislative Council, and I'm sure they're doing a proper job. I'm sure they're looking at every detail of this as, yeah. because that's what they're there for, after yeah, all. Yeah. Um, but you know, when when you look at um, when you look at things like the nomination process, uh, it is extremely complicated. <laughs> And there are so many steps. I mean, you 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 say it's an improvement, and of course uh, the chief executive will speak of this as an improvement. I, I, improvement in what way? More what? More more stable. More stable. Okay. More uh, uh, security. Um, they have to be sure. Stable that meaning hard to change or what? I I think that it is, it is not the um, you know this is not a a full stop. I, I think that um, you know we are only twenty four years into the fifty years of. Um, uh, the return. Um, so one country, two systems. I, we, we sincerely hope that one country, two system will go on after 2047. So I, I think that the electoral system is going to change again. It's just, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's not going to end there. It is just that at this very moment, at this very stage, and that such improvement or change is um, deemed to be necessary. Okay, Professor Burns, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks very much indeed for, for joining us. As I say, I was struck by, by first of all, by the, just the, the sheer complexity of the, of, of the new system. Uh, why do you think it has to be so complicated? Do you know anywhere else that has a system that is so complicated when it comes to uh, elections? Uh, no, I'm not aware of any, other, any place that uh, is as complicated as, as this. I think there are a couple of reasons. Um, one reason is that uh, the authorities are saying, well, we don't really want to amend the basic law. So some of the things that are already laid down for Hong Kong, we have to uh, keep. Uh, so based on the actual situation in Hong Kong, um, uh, they have uh, come up with this. I agree with you. It's extremely complex. It's almost as if the Communist Party is saying to the people of Hong Kong, you people in Hong Kong, you love process. Okay, we'll give you process. And what we have here is process, just a very, very uh, complicated process. But I agree with Clement that um, it's the aims that we should be focusing on, not so much the complexity. Although, the more complexity there is, the more opportunity you offer for a system to be gained. And that I don't know exactly how this would work. Um, we'll have to wait and see about this. But I think the real question is more about what the aim is. And I don't disagree with anything that he has said. But for me, I think you have to look at uh, the stated aims and then the unstated aims. And if you look at the stated aims, as he said, you know, it is to ensure that patriots rule Hong Kong. Um, it's to ensure stability and security. But I think there are some other unstated aims. And we need to be clear about these, too. And what the, the most obvious one is that 
the authorities want to really implement executive-led government to align LegCo and the executive. They've been talking about this since the basic law was drafted, and uh, the system did not work out that way. Secondly, another unstated aim, as far as I'm concerned, is to tighten control over Hong Kong's political institutions and civil society. And we, we see this almost daily through the national security legislation and the electoral arrangements. I think you have to take them together. And then another unstated aim, in my view, is that the Communist Party is trying to change the political culture of Hong Kong. And they're restricting individual civic participation. In, in that sense, this is not an improvement. So I refer to it as a kind of uh, new election arrangements, new, ele uh, new election system, or election changes. But, you know, they're replacing uh, this kind of uh, individual civic participation with a system of appointed elites, you know, who know best what is in our interest. And if you look at the the material that's been published by the authorities on this, um, you know, almost immediately after the election law was uh, passed in Beijing, all these books appeared in Hong Kong. One, I've got one of these in my hands now. And so the election member, the election committee members in LegCo, what are they supposed to be doing? Well, they are the ones who are representing the overall interests of Hong Kong. So where do these interests actually come from? And I think this is, this is where the party is going to have to play a key role in identifying these interests. So, um, you know, you ask how will it work? Well, certainly it puts the party in a key role. For me, you can cut through all the complication and just look at the vetting arrangement. This is the most important part of it all. And so the party is placed in an absolutely key role on our party secretary, Lo Wei Ning, um, vetting um, candidates. And he will, of course, he will come to these committee meetings and make recommendations. And the recommendations will be based on his own assessment and the party's own assessment of um, who is qualified and who is not. So, and we have really no ideas. Tam Yu Jung has said already, you know, if we don't get the results that we want, we will just change it again. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, I'm sure this is exactly true. So um, one more uh, one question about the uh, the change. Uh, a lot of people argue that uh, with with these, we we are actually looking forward for less political arguments within the electoral, and maybe better quality of the candidates. I mean, basically at the moment, it's inaugurable. Some of the discussion is basically quite shallow, and uh, if we we are looking to um, tackle some of the major issues in Hong Kong, uh, like namely something related to housing or, or health system and things like that. Do, do you think that will happen? What's your views on that? Uh, to a certain extent, yes, this is possible. That doesn't mean there won't be opposition. Mm -hmm. um, we have to see who these appointed elites are that will be governing Hong Kong. And let's remember, and, and yeah, let's remember that 
you know, the exercise of political power, maybe it will shift away from Lechko, mm. but it still will be in Hong Kong. And um, informally, po- power is exercised through all different ways, the business community, lobbies, and, and all kinds of uh, informal ways. So it could make Lechko, you said, more uh, intelligent debate, but it could make it uh, not the place where mm. power is exercised, and, and then it would just go more underground. And as a person who likes transparency, I mean, I mm. believe we need the most, absolutely the most transparency. This is the thing. And if we don't have that, we don't have accountability. And so one thing we should watch is to see whether, um, as you suggest, this happens in Lechko. But this doesn't mean that political interests just evaporate. Uh, Emily Lau is also with us. Um, it's now good morning to you. Good morning. And thanks for, for joining us. Uh, surely this will deliver uh, stability, and perhaps uh, after 2019, that is exactly what we need in Hong Kong. That's the first requirement, is uh, stability, and prosperity can follow from that. Well, I think, of course, uh, people like that, uh, but people also cherish uh, freedom, personal safety, uh, the rule of law, uh, independence of the judiciary. After all, these are the core values which make us so different from many other places, and even places which have uh, periodic elections, because the level of freedom and personal safety that those people enjoy is very, very often much lower than Hong Kong. But now, of course, these very cherished uh, values are evaporating before our very eyes, uh, people are very, very anxious at the knock on the door at uh, 5 or 6 a.m. and then getting arrested, not charged. Uh, I'm not worried. Huh? Have to, I, I'm not worried. I mean, you have to look at what yeah, happened. I, I said many people. <laughs> can, I, can I finish? If you want to talk, maybe I will just uh, disappear. <laughs> is that what you want? No, carry on, please, Emily Malau. I'm just saying that there is such concern. And then you look at the survey revealed by the uh, American Chamber of Commerce yesterday, saying their members, some of them, plan to leave because of the national security law. And, of course, there are those who are not worried, who are flooding into Hong Kong. But our, our cherished values are disappearing in the eyes of some of us. Not all, but I hope some of us can still... Speak our mind. Uh, Okay, you're speaking your mind now, uh, Emily Lau. But what about the question of stability? You said that we cherish personal safety and freedoms. Weren't those exactly the things that we we missed in 2019 and which this uh, this new LegCo is an effort to restore? Well, Kelly Lam created this big problem and then she herself confessed she was not able to solve it. And that's why Beijing had to do the work for her. And that is terrible. How come she and the pro-Beijing camp, people who are on your program and others, how come they cannot help Hong Kong to solve the problem? Every time when something happens, they run to Beijing, oh, please send in the People's Liberation Army, please restore stability, 
please give us the national security law. Where is one country, two systems? Where is high degree of autonomy? <laughs> of course we want that. But we also want, as we are people of Hong Kong, to be able to solve the problem that the chief executive and her camp created. Why weren't we given a chance? People made all kinds of suggestions then. They were all turned down. Mr. Wu? No, uh, the problem is being solved. And uh, Beijing has been uh, mostly hands-off um, and, and let Hong Kong people rule Hong Kong, you know, for the last 24 years. And it seems that uh, it is not working very well. I would like to uh, go back to, you know, before I forget, um, and Professor Burns mentioned, and um, uh, there, are, there are stated aims and unstated uh, aims, but I, to me, whatever aims they are, they are, they are meant for good. I think it is in the interest of both Hong Kong people and, uh, and uh, Beijing that, you know, Hong Kong uh, can keep its speciality as is, you know, so, and, that, and that is why Hong Kong thrives for the last few decades. And also, um, he was he was talking about restricting you know nominations and uh, participation in the legislative council election, and I think that yes there may be restriction, but only restricting those who don't pledge allegiance to the um, Hong Kong SAR of People's Republic of China and also those who don't uphold the basic law. I think that is the very basic requirement. Apart from that, you know, uh, all the uh, nominations. But, but if it was so are, simple, are you wouldn't have to have such a complicated process. No, no, uh, there are a lot of processes, but how to make sure that this is going to happen? Let me, let me just remind listeners what, what the process is. This is to even stand for an election. I agree, it's very complicated. You have to be approved by the Police National Security Unit. You have to have approval from the Committee for Safeguarding National Security, which includes the Chief Executive and, as we heard, yeah, the Director yeah. of the Liaison Office. Then they report to the Candidate Eligibility Review Committee, who has to approve, and then you have to get the nominations from each of the five se new five sectors under the... And of the of the election committee. That's before you can even stand. So you say it's simple. I say it's far from simple. Well, I'm a simple person. I, I think that I won't be disqualified. I won't be disqualified. You know. So, you know, if you know, Hong Kong is a Hong Kong is a very difficult. We're talking about you. We're not talking about your nomination. We're talking about the process. You said it's very simple whether a person has swears allegiance or not. I'm saying if it's if it was so simple, why would you need the the participation of at least five different bodies? in the nomination process? Before I graduate, you know, I have to go through so many examinations, primary school, secondary school, and then pre-university and university graduates. Uh, we've got so many, you know, uh, tests test and exams. So it is not simple, but I think that the, the purpose is the aim. The aim in the eyes of Beijing is to, to have a stable society and then to, to keep Hong Kong as is. And, um, and for the prosperity and you know stability of the of the SAR, and this is you know they have been trying to let Hong Kong run it for the last 24 years, almost half of the one country two systems that originally designed for 50 years. So I think that you know is is now now is the time, and it is you know the necessary step. It's basically in 2019, a lot of people are actually taking advantages of some of the freedoms that we have to try to um, amplify those loopholes and try to 
do some crazy things. I mean, basically in 2019, we see a lot of rioting and brutal. But those, but weren't those things up. illegal? And, those things were. We have laws against rioting. We have yes, laws but it seems like it, it doesn't property. really work. The the, the amounts of violence that we see every day around the streets. And basically, about two days ago, I found my old phone and looking at all those videos. It's just, it's just shocking. And still, a lot of people are still denying uh, the involvement of that. I mean, I, it is very unfair to hear some of the. Um, Democrats coming out to say they're scared. What about the, those people, civilians, in 2019? We were very scared. We did nothing. Some civilians just walking past the street and not very happy of what they're going or they think they're suspicious because they're holding their own phone and they got beaten up. We, our freedoms been stripped, uh, stripped off from 2019 and that's why Beijing has to step in and do the uh, national security law. I mean, that's something that we... But we're not talking we, about the national that, security law. No, no, no. Law. That's something that we ask for. And then, the and then they are using those. They're using some fake newses. They're using some fabricated stories to, to say that, oh, our, our freedoms got stripped off by Beijing. That's why well, we need these like, freedom fighters to go into Lachko, go into the... Um, um, is, is it that or is the, it the fact that... It the, is. But we're talking, a lot about, of we're talking fake about elections. Stories. Sorry, with respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elections. elections. So that is, is like a pre-staging. Is it because the DAB... No, 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 no. It's, 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 that, it's, the, it's the danger that those rioters is possibly going, using those loopholes to go into the LegCo and try to destroy Hong Kong. I mean, in Hong Kong, we are actually looking at stability of, of, of 7 million or so people's livelihood. And if we can accept having those kind of violence or those kind of crazy fake news, fabricated things going round and round, without any law restriction, it's just, it's just terrible. I mean, in Hong Kong, what happened is basically, it, it's just, it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> yeah, so uh, maybe we can Sorry, come back yeah, after time. the news. Sure, <laughs> yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, Mr. many thanks for joining us. Unless you can stay, are you able to stay? Or in yeah, we'll yeah. Stick you can stay. Okay, good. Okay, good. Okay. Thanks very much. All right. Well, we continue the conversation, as I say, after the news uh, at <laughs> nine o'clock. Uh, do drop us a line, bankchat at rthk.hk, uh, and uh, join the conversation or pick up the phone, 233-88266. Later, also going to be talking to Tommy Chung about that uh, new ruling on uh, those new uh, guidelines on uh, overseas trained doctors in Hong Kong. The weather before the news, sunny periods and a few isolated showers, and it's going to be hot, temperatures up to about 32 degrees, a bit warmer in the new territories, and the weather will be hot for the rest of the week. 20 8 degrees, the latest readings, with a relative humidity now at 92%. Back in three minutes. To evasive on his answers and lying under oath. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Backchat on a Thursday morning with Nixie Lam and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about uh, the uh, elections, a little bit more detail of the uh, uh, plans for the next Legislative Council uh, uh, election emerging as they go th- as the uh, law goes through the Legislative uh, Council. We're talking about that this morning uh, with uh, John Burns, Emeritus Professor and Honorary Professor in the Department of Politics and Public Administration at the University of Hong Kong, Emily Lau, former Democratic Party lawmaker, and Clement Wu, uh, who's a member of the Taipo South Area Committee and a former member of the Taipo District Council. We want to hear from you as well. You can just pick up the phone and join the conversation, 233-88266. Uh, or you can email us, backchat at rthk.hk. We'll do our best to read out your comments. Or you can go to our Facebook page as well. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. 
uh, and uh, you can share your thoughts there with uh, everyone. And as I say, we'll, we'll also do our best to to read out the, those comments. Um, a few people uh, commenting there, uh, saying, uh, "Let me have a look." Uh, does anyone? Marcus says, "Does anyone care about the so-called election? If anyone does vote, it's to soil a paper, and it's not a vote of abstention. Nobody's going to vote in a fake election." Uh, Marcus also says, has anyone yet listened to the so-called CE's TV show? Nobody I know has. Anyone else? Uh, Vic says, dear Backchat, the table has just been set. The cards are yet to be dealt. Let's not fold before seeing the cards. Hong Kongers are gamblers. Let's see how bad the hand we are dealt with and play to win. Oh, no. Emily Lau again. Run and take shelter. It's going to begin. Quote, many people have told me this and many people have told me that, unquote. Please get many people on the air, says uh, Vic. Uh, R says, what's most infuriating is that the pro-government camp is under the impression that the pro-democracy camp is totally responsible for where we are today. They fail to see their own responsibility in being unable to communicate and accept that there are people who have different views and have the right to speak and live here. Nothing has been solved. There were no loopholes, only people who are unable to communicate and tolerate each other. That's uh, from uh, R. Uh, Jonathan says, uh, why is everyone beating me over the head with personal safety as a reason for the reforms? I didn't feel like I was going to get beaten up by the protesters or the police in 2019. That's uh, from uh, Jonathan. Lucky you. And uh, Matthew says, seriously, no one cares about the so-called elections in Hong Kong anymore, except maybe a handful of fake pragmatic patriots who will participate to further their own personal power and privilege like Nixie Lam, who couldn't win popular support with a level playing field. The details don't matter any more than those of how the National People's Congress chooses its fake parliament. It's a sideshow. The media needs to find a more appropriate word to use than elections because they're actually internal selection processes that exclude candidates who will represent Hong Kong people and is designed only to protect the CCP's monopoly on power. Somehow it's considered politically incorrect to use the term Wuhan virus, but we can all still happily describe these things as election, falsely legitimising them. That comes uh, from uh, Matthew. Agree or disagree? Drop us a line. Backchat at RTHK. Dot, uh, HK. Uh, uh, Emily Lau, do you understand the, uh, the, the, the line drawn between uh, what happened in 2019, because that's what the theme we were talking about in the first part of the programme, uh, and, uh, and what's happening now, and therefore the need, once again, for these election changes? Well, of course, as I said, there were problems. I don't think anybody would deny that. And, of course, problems created by Carrie Lam and the pro-Beijing camp. And they failed to solve it. <clears throat> so they have to ask Beijing to help. And Beijing, of course, <laughs> has gone way, way too far. But now the die has been cast and we all have to suffer. And, uh, and I think many people are very upset with this uh, big retrograde step. And some in the uh, pro-establishment camp said it was even worse than the situation in 1997. Uh, John Burns, one, one theme that was mentioned there was, was, was the issue of uh, communication. That's of interest, of course, to, to me personally and, and to RTHK. And, and I've got to say that uh, we did try and we have tried repeatedly to get uh, government officials 
uh, or, or pro-establishment uh, politicians or executive councillors to come on this programme to talk about the uh, electoral uh, changes. Uh, without success, we're very grateful to Mr Wu uh, for coming forward this morning, but in general that's, that's not been possible and we've tried to pass on messages and, and things like that, but they won't come on. Uh, we, have the, we have the chief executive, as was also mentioned, uh, producing her own uh, television programme in which she talks to, to her, her allies. Um, I mean, how do you think they're doing a job of, of selling this in, in, in Hong Kong? Do you think their heart is in it? What's your reading of that? Um, well, uh, you know, the, the community is divided, and so they are speaking to their supporters. And, you know, as Emily Lau said, there's a large part of the community which... Uh, don't support this. But let's go back to what Nikki was saying before the break. And I think, you know, she talked about 2019. And yes, absolutely, this is responsible for uh, where we are today. But we live in an era of unaccountable government. And so, you know, the government, Carrie Lam and the Exco. These people are not accountable to the people of Hong Kong. And if they were, we would have an inquiry into what had gone on and how it was possible that the government could be so out of step with what significant part of the community was talking about in the anti-extradition bill. So, yes, things got out of hand, and yes, um, stability and security are absolutely necessary. I agree with all of that. But, I mean, the point is we need to be clearly uh, see who, um, who, who screwed up, who made mistakes, massive mistakes that got us to where we are. And we need an investigation, a thorough investigation into the accountability of the executive authorities. And I from my perspective, I don't want to prejudge such a thing, but that's where the the issue lies. I like the comment from your from one of your listeners that said basically we um, we have to see what cards we are dealt, and I I agree with that. We have to see how this is going to work out, and because um, you know Clement is is saying that he would like to. Uh, um, to get on the election, to register for the election committee, that's fine. And so we need to see, we need to see how does this vetting mechanism actually work, and who will get through the vetting. That's the key point. All right. Some uh, thoughts from listeners. Uh, Sam says, "Dear Backchat, where has democracy established through violence, destruction, or war? What happened in Hong Kong in 2019, with slogans appearing everywhere, revolution of our times, grew out of an attachment to a dark hand. There is no denying it. Destruction, mayhem, undertaken with a purpose to validate an ideology promoted by a dark hand. Was this very hand was absent during the colonial rule? In the name of freedom and democracy, certain section of people indulged knowing what true democracy was. It's ironic, soon after the mayhem in Hong Kong, COVID broke out in Wuhan that nearly engulfed the whole chi entire China. Now is not the time to point the finger at the security law in China. Stability need to be restored at any cost. People should not consider or contemplate or take COVID as an excuse. Those who need to leave must go instead of blowing hot and cold with the same breath. Hong Kong will move on. Uh, that's from uh, Sam. 
Uh, Greg says, Nixie should realise that Beijing let the disturbances continue as long as possible to actually unwind what democracy we have. I, for one, believe the police were ordered to withdraw from Lejko so Beijing could paint its narrative for the likes of Nixie to pour forth. Plain truth is that she and your ousted typo councillor guest can't win a fair election. That's from uh, Greg. Phil B says, well done, uh, Dixie. Completely agree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Completely, it says Dixie. Completely agree with your view. It's you anyway. Uh, Sorry. Uh, Emily is still in denial. Why do you keep inviting her on the programme? Please put her ass out to pasture with vines. The Democrats have only themselves to blame. They consistently fueled the fire. That's why we have the national security laws. And uh, Alan says, uh, Backchat, your guest, Nixie, justifies the electoral rules as a response to violence and rioting in 2019. Instead of looking at the reason for the protest, the desire for democracy, her answer is repression. This has been the tactic of the government since uh, CY. Uh, ignore the actual demands of protest, ignore what people have voted for, insist that any opposition is sedition, secession, terrorism. Define all dissent as treason under the NSL. It's hopeless talking to these people. As your other guest said, the result of all this is a powerless LegCo with all the decisions made in secret between various power groups. Hong Kong people are not down with this return to colonialist government. That comes from Alan Nixon. TAPT bombs were found in my own constituency. How is that not terrorism? Tell me that. It, I mean, I mean, we have to look at what has been happening. I mean, if you're looking at, well, if you're saying those pro-violence lawmakers, what have been they been doing in 2019? Is shouting to police officers in between the reporters and police, and they're standing in between, trying to provoke and trying to make a scene. They are not trying to resolve the issue. That, then I'm not saying that nobody is responsible. I'm not saying that we are not responsible. We did a terrible job in communicating and trying to cool that down. But the thing is, the pro-democracy people or pro-violence lawmakers, those ones that are standing in between the lines, they are shouting to civilians that they, they think they're suspicious. They're spreading fake news. They are posting online personal data information and asking people to do revenge on them. My personal information again, was posed on Telegram four days ago. But, but, again. but, but, but again, Nixie, I, mean, that's I think the point, would be, the point would be that those, are, those, are, those were illegal and the, and the national security legislation, you can argue, addresses those. The election, the changes to the election system uh, are, are about something else. And if yeah, anything, if they, they, must be, they must be a result of the, the disastrous showing of the pro-establishment forces in the lo local council elections in 2019. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly, clearly it's, it's, it's a whole package thing. If you look at what, what, what the civil party has been doing, the letter in how they draft the letter to the U.S. Uh, council uh, uh, congressmen, all those wordings were just begging people to sanction your own country. That is totally unacceptable anywhere around the world. And made How illegal under the national security legislation. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's, but that's it's, addressed it's just, by that yes. le so, legislation. So th that's a lot of things that it seems like there's a big, I mean, there's various big loopholes that we need to plug in. And then, and if Beijing is trying, uh, are coming in to trying to uh, tighten up issues, there has to be the most tightest way to do first. And then if we act good and then we, if we prove that Hong Kong can go, go by stability and, and better, better um, communication with, with China. I mean, we've been really doing a very poor job in communicating with Beijing. I mean, basically just yelling at them or, or making fake stories and stuff like that. So it, it's just not normal. So, I mean, I mean, 
I'm actually looking forward to, I mean, like um, what the new electrical formation will be and how is it going and whether Hong Kong can finally go back to genuine communication, quality communication in how to make Hong Kong better. Yeah, I'd like to reiterate that. I think the purpose of all the changes and the aim of it is to have the stability and prosperity of Hong Kong. I think that's the aim. You know, we have been talking about the process, how those uh, can, uh, who, who can be nominated, who can join the electrical, who are, who are actually involved and, and who will be excluded. So, so I, I excluded. So I, so I think that we should look at the aim. The, the, the aim of every, everything is to improve people's livelihood in Hong Kong, to have a stable and a prosperous society and to um, empower one country's two system to carry on and beyond 2047, we hope. So I think that we should look at the aim. I think that the aim is for good, not for bad. Uh, John Burns? Well, there are many aims. I don't deny that that's one, one of the aims. That's certainly one of the stated aims. But there's a lot of other aims that are going on, as I indicated to you before. So, um, you know, the violence in 2019, totally unacceptable. I completely agree with Nixie. But we have yet to um, talk about accountability for this, and that is a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, Emily Lau, uh, will it bring stability? Will these changes bring stability? I, I don't think so. I think um, many Hong Kong people are very, very alarmed and very worried. And because of COVID, uh, nobody's allowed to uh, protest in public. And uh, I guess uh, with all the events coming up in the coming weeks, I guess more people will be arrested and thrown into prison without a bail. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, more people will leave. And uh, so it is a very, very disturbed and very worried city. And, uh, and if Beijing continues to apply so much pressure, well, of course, uh, it's one country, two systems, no more. You don't think some people are reassured by uh, the stability which these uh, new changes promise? Maybe some, but even those in the pro-Beijing camp I've spoken to are very, very uh, alarmed with this excessive pressure being applied on Hong Kong, which they think it really has gone too far. But uh, nobody seems to be in a position to, to advise uh, Beijing that, hey, come on. Uh, put on the brakes. And I mean, on the other hand, there are people like you have heard on this program who just say, oh, carry on, carry on. Maybe it's not gone far enough. Uh, more should be arrested and more should be uh, silenced. How yeah, responsible. When it comes to silence, I mean, Mr. Wu, you know, as you know, as, a, as an ousted uh, district councillor like, like Nixie, uh, 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 most people in Hong Kong in the last election uh, uh, expressed displeasure with the, with the administration and, those, and their supporters. Uh, they were against them. Uh, uh, but it seems you can argue that the, the response has been to just deny those people a voice, uh, not to address any of their... Uh, complaints or their problems, uh, but just to say, we're not going to listen to you. Uh, that's the effective message of the electoral changes. I don't believe and that, that. That doesn't bring stability if you just, if people have a complaint and you just say, I'm not going to listen to you. I don't think that their, their voices are not heard. And, and indeed, and it has been heard around the world. So, so I think that, you know, in order to fix the problem, uh, 
I would like to reiterate again, this is just a process. The aim is to improve the people's livelihood, is, is to meet their demands. For example, they want more, you know, more, more housing. Uh, they would like to have a more um, uh, social security. You know, I, I think that um, Beijing and even Hong Kong government understand that, but in order to achieve that, we would like to, uh, to, to, to change the electoral system in order to achieve it. And in the past, Hong Kong has been too political. And, and we don't think we can achieve that without you know, having the national security law and the um, improving, improved electoral system. Okay, some more comments just to finish off. Uh, Alan says, Nixie insists that pro-democracy equals pro-violence. Uh, it's hopeless talking to someone who simply demonises the opposition. She refuses to discuss any real issues in good faith. If you eject all opposition from political power, criminalise them, you can only have a police state. Uh, Matthew says, Nixie, when you suggest the new system may produce higher quality candidates, I wonder what your fact base is for this or who you might have in mind as a reference. For example, are you thinking of your DAB doc uh, colleague, Dr. Elizabeth Quatt, who is a multiple degree holder from the defunct diploma mill Greenwich University, Hawaii, or someone like rural strongman Lao Wang Fat, who didn't even bother to show up at LegCo for the electoral reform vote, or perhaps someone like yourself who failed to win public support to retain your seat, even with the support of the DAB behind you. Surely you're not thinking it could be more Hong Kong <laughs> like the Bauhinia party, as you've already rubbished them as lightweights multiple times. Uh, that uh, gives an example of a highly quali high quality candidate. That comes uh, from uh, Matthew G. says, yes, we get it. There is a need to draw a line between the free and fair DC election, which ousted the bums on seat brigade and whatever is to follow. It will live in history as the last true election uh, in Hong Kong. And uh, Jay says, why are we getting all these government promotions on the television now, making out that it's intolerable in Hong Kong now? The violence was over a year ago for specific reason. Now we probably won't have this sort of action again because of the situation. So Hong Kong is safer from its own people, not worse. There will be security issues for the police when the border uh, reopens. Uh, and uh, Jay says, uh, yesterday's AmCham survey was a bit over the top. The same with all the BNO moving to England or USA. The numbers don't seem to be that big, probably because they found out how much it costs to move. And property prices certainly haven't come down in Hong Kong. So somebody has their numbers wrong, or there, are there that many Chinese moving into Hong Kong now? That's uh, from uh, Jay. Thank you very much indeed for, for uh, those comments. Uh, just a couple more. Uh, Tom says, I have to say, after listening many times to Nixie Lambert's co-host, that she always sounds like a child without any thought-out arguments. Perhaps she could talk through her ideas with a grown-up. Uh, and I'm 39 uh, years old. <laughs> okay. Uh, Laurie says, uh, here, here, Nixie. <laughs> Uh, this is the uh, first time I've heard someone explaining exactly why Hong Kong is where we are now on this program. 2019 riots and horrendous violence could not be ignored. No country in the world would have let the behaviour go even as far as Hong Kong did. Look at the US. That's from uh, Laurie. Thank you very Hat much shot. Indeed. Okay, thank you very much indeed for uh, all your uh, comments. And uh, thank you very much indeed to uh, Clement Wu, uh, Mr. Wu, a uh, member of the Taipo South Area Committee, former member of the Taipo, uh, Taipo District Council, uh, to uh, Emily Lau, former Democratic Party lawmaker, and uh, John Burns, Emeritus Professor and Honorary Professor in the Department of Politics and Public Administration at the University of Hong Kong. Finally today, as mentioned, we want to turn to uh, the Executive Council, which has uh, just approved a, uh, a blueprint uh, to tackle, a, uh, which is uh, said to tackle, an acute shortage of uh, public doctors uh, to uh, allow uh, uh, overseas trained doctors to practice uh, in public hospitals uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, Tommy Chung is in our central studio, executive councillor.
chairman of the Liberal Party and uh, catering sector uh, lawmaker and uh, the, uh, one of the initiators of this bill in the first place. Tommy, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. So, I mean, but talking to you about this, you know, a long time ago when, uh, when you, this original case came up, uh, you must be pleased to see this sort of come to fruition. Uh, well, I haven't actually, I don't know where you see the papers, you know, the papers are out. Uh, I have not seen uh, the piece of legislation yet, uh, how this can be done. Uh, my private member bill, it's a bit more than what the chief executive uh, said uh, in LegCo earlier on my Q, oral Q&A. Uh, she wanted to limit it to just uh, permanent residents. Uh, train overseas. I want to make it accessible to everybody train overseas, you know, to come. I think uh, that will give us a bigger number, uh, more people to pick from, and uh, then it could actually help what we are in, the dire situation we're in, uh, to, to solve that problem quickly. So what was, the, what was actually approved in Exco then? I can't I can tell you. Uh, my agenda <laughs> and how we discussed it and the result of it. Only when uh, the government uh, releases all that. So your earlier comment, uh, I haven't seen anything, you know, out in public uh, yet. But I have well, the, been... no, I mean there are reports in public. That's what's that's what's being reported. Yes, I think so. Uh, there are reports out in public. There, there were even um, newspaper yeah. reported that called me uh, Tuesday. Uh, afternoon to ask me to confirm, uh, even Monday asking me to confirm. And I said, I can't confirm because I can't tell you what the agenda is and what's discussed <laughs> on the agenda and how we discussed it during the meeting. So I said, uh, there's some rule that I uh, have to observe. So I just told them I cannot comment on it. It's very nice to talk to be able to talk to you now, of course, uh, um, uh, even if there are these restrictions. But, you know, as, as I mentioned in our earlier discussion, uh, we've, we try repeatedly and we fail consistently to get executive councillors to talk about uh, things like the electoral arrangements uh, or government officials. And the government officials, you know, they're supposed to be selling this to the Hong Kong people. They will not come on, Tommy. What can we do about this? Did, did you uh, try to get the, all the executive councillors? I mean, there are 16 of us. Well, uh, we, we wrote to the, to the English-speaking ones, the people who, who consistently do, and the convener and people like that. And we have over many years. I mean, I mean for the past couple of years, we've, we've written to you again. We've written to them again and again. And like, the, and like the... We've asked for representatives from the Constitutional Mainland Affairs Bureau. We've asked the chief executive. Uh, and we've always... Uh, they've always said no or, or ignored us. Well, I guess you just have to keep trying. Um, some of us don't would, would like you come to on be, to talk about it, Tommy? Some, some, some of us don't like to be in hostile country. You know, uh, day in and day out, we're already. Well, then you shouldn't uh, be politicians. Uh, I say some of us. Okay, I'm not saying all of us. I know, Tommy. I know. I know. You enjoy a good debate, so we would love to have you on the program to talk about these these other issues. Yes, but as you know, if you look at my schedule, it's pretty tight. And when there are issues that we can share amongst ourselves to talk about it, and we share the same views, I don't see why all of us have to be on the same program talking about the same thing.
Okay. Because I, I mean, I, I mean, I know you have a personal interest in this. You know, and this started off, didn't it, with your with a family interest because you had family members who were unable to practice in Hong Kong. Actually, uh, it's not that they are unable to. I mean, you're right, but the fact that they wanted to ten mm. uh, years ago mm. that actually. Uh, I thought that was a piece of cake. I mean, they're trained overseas. They're well qualified. Uh, what's, what is it that stopped them from coming back? Because they are permanent residents. They can speak both languages fluently. Mm. They're born and raised in Hong Kong. So what's the problem? That's when I uncover all these problems. Mm. But actually, I didn't start doing this. Um, Jimmy Teen mm. and uh, Kenneth Fang actually mm. started with Emily Lau. Uh, you should ask her earlier. Uh, back, I think, in uh, 2012, uh, the two of our parties get together and did a paper on what's happening you know, in the medical field that we should address, both of our parties. Actually, they started that. Obviously, Emily left, uh, Vincent left, and Jimmy Teen left. Uh, so does uh, Albert Ho. So I wind up doing a... Um, uh, private members bill on enlarging the medical council from uh, four lay members to eight. And uh, that already see a lot of opposition. Mm. I have seen, uh, I have been threatened. Uh, don't get sick. I said, I'm not worried about getting <laughs> sick. I got That's too bad. many. Yes, uh, you, you wouldn't believe it. I said, I got too many friends that are very good <laughs> doctors that will look after me. In fact, I like to say this. Uh, on record. In fact, I have seen and get encouraged by more private doctors mm. uh, supporting, mm. uh, bringing these uh, permanent residents back from overseas mm. to help the shortage in Hong Kong, to, to ease you know, the, the, the shortage now we, we have. Uh, much more than these few you know, uh, guys, you, know, you have seen them talking you know, in the last few days. Only just a few, a handful. Mm. Unfortunately, like in Chinese, we have a saying, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know some, some little uh, shit from cockroaches, you know, spoil the whole big pot of por- porridge, you know. <laughs> this is very unfortunate. I don't, I don't want doctors to, mm. to think that I'm saying that all doctors are like that, only a handful. Do you think they should uh, practice in the public sector first, like for, for at least a couple of years before they, they go into? I mean, basically, it, we have a huge pressure on um, um, doctors in the public sectors. Um, do you think those restrictions should be uh, applied to these things? Yes, mm. even in my members' bill, mm. I think they should be working. Mm. Um, they should be working in the uh, public hospital mm. or work in the two medical associations mm. or even working with the uh, health department. Mm. Uh, they all need a lot of uh, medical practitioners for five years uh, so that, you know, um, they could be watched mm. as to how expert they are. Mm. We're just asking that they should be waived. That, that exam, that entrance exam or that whatever exam they call it, uh, that actually doesn't give you an idea mm. whether these people are qualified or not. This is not a qualification assessment exam. This is just an exam to stop people from coming back. Mm. Well, Tommy, many thanks for joining us. I hope we can talk again because you used to come on this program quite a lot, didn't you? I, I don't think I have refused you too many times. <laughs> 
Uh, today is uh, let's go is still in session, and I have to rush back. You know how people are calling for quorum, but could, uh, could we find a time, any time, any time within the next <laughs> year? Any time for you. You know where to call me. If you don't, at least your producers know where yeah, to yeah, find yeah, me. Yeah, we we do. Okay. Yeah. Could could would you do that? Would you find time for us? When it's an issue that is in my heart, when it's an issue that I believe that I'm the best person uh, to promote it, then yes, I will find time. Tommy, you, I got, you may I, not be the best person, but we can't get anyone. I, I got up at, <laughs> no offence. I got up at 5.30 this morning, driving myself to the gym, do my workout, have my breakfast, and then walk over to your show from Let's Go. <laughs> Sounds like a perfect morning. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Uh, Dave uh, in an email says the doctor situation has been going on for years. The same with nurses. It's about time the government and the medical management teams got their act together and stopped dragging their feet and get on with this, enable in the future to let them in. That's from uh, Dave. And Emery says, an aside, I wonder why so many private doctors accept cash only for their services. Trusted members of the community... Question mark. That comes uh, from uh, Emery's. Thank you very much indeed for all that. Let's just throw in a couple more uh, emails. CW says, keep inviting Emily Lau and Steve Vines back. They have a youthful voice. The new election vetting system will allow corruption to breed. Nixie, what about Yun Long attack? That comes from uh, CW. And Andrew says, dialogue was promised and then one show chat with public at QE Stadium was held. Conversations about just causes could have been tabled, discussed and addressing and having dialogue with the wider taxpaying Hong Kong public as an administration should have happened rather than only giving interviews to or having dialogue with pro-government publications or institution. The administration has, without a care, alienated itself from the majority without the help of any foreign intervention that comes uh, from Andrew. Thank you very much indeed. That Nixie, thank you very much indeed. Here's the weather before we go. Sunny periods forecast for today and a few isolated showers. It's going to be hot. The maximum temperature will be about 32 degrees in the urban areas, a couple of degrees higher in the new territories. The outlook, the weather will be hot for the rest of this week. Maximum temperature up to 32 degrees and a few isolated showers tomorrow. 29 Celsius at the moment with a relative humidity now of 84%. Amid the pandemic, elderly people and those with chronic diseases are at higher risk of severe illness if they contract COVID-19. Vaccination is one of the simplest and most effective ways to protect yourself and your family. Consult a doctor before vaccination if you have a chronic disease that is not yet stable. Protection will be effective 14 days after the second dose. Let's keep observing personal hygiene and wearing masks. Then we will resume normal life soon. Protect yourself and others. Let's get vaccinated. 934, the news now with Samantha Butler. The bar industry wants the government to remove a requirement for customers and staff to be vaccinated against the coronavirus, saying it's hurting business. Kat Ho, the chairwoman of the Bartenders and Mixologists Union, says since bars were allowed to reopen two weeks ago, they've only seen about 10 to 20 percent of customers return. Pro-government lawmakers have backed the police's handling of an investigation into its director of national security, who's on leave after he's said to have been caught up in a raid on an unlicensed massage parlour. Questions of transparency were raised as the incident involving Frederick Choi was only disclosed over a month later after media reports surfaced. And Israel's President Reuven Rivlin has appealed for Jews and Arab Israelis to avoid descending into what he called a senseless civil war. His voice was added to those of religious and political leaders calling for internal calm as the two communities react to the intense fighting between Israeli forces and Palestinian militants in Gaza.